0: welcome to one man's opinion brought to you by the elite fantasy fantasy guru and elite and now here's your host jeff man's all right welcome in everybody it's another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation new year same old me same old podcast it's one man's opinion thank you One and all for making this show a part of your day, however you've chosen to do that, whether you're uh, on the SXM app, maybe you're downloading on Stitcher, Pandora, Google Play, iTunes, could be anywhere. We appreciate each and every one of you. Please spread the word that we want to do as many of these episodes as possible. Would love to ramp this up. Season four starting in a few weeks um, after the Super Bowl, so... You know, we want to grow this thing and make it bigger and better, and who knows? Maybe we'll add some video to it and whatnot, and uh, the only way to do that, spread the word, everybody. So appreciate you liking, favoriting, commenting, subscribing, and you know, all those things that you can do for a podcast. Uh, we do appreciate it. My name is Jeff Mans, in case you're just stumbling in and just happened upon it. Welcome to One Man's Opinion. Again, Jeff Mann's I am uh, you hear me weekday afternoons on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. I host a little program called Elite Sports on that network 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern, although we will be moving to 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern in a few weeks. I'm not supposed to tell anybody that, but it's happening. So, just a little FYI on that deal. Not anything big. I'm also uh part owner of FantasyGuru.com and Chief Content Officer over there. I make a bunch of plates spin. We've got a lot going on over FantasyGuru.com postseason. Leagues and drafts and contests and betting and DFS and everything you could imagine. And, oh, by the way, NBA, NHL, all of that, betting, DFS for all those sports. Baseball, the Fantasy Baseball Draft Guide will be out soon. I am not supposed to tell you when. Because Ray Flowers does not want to put pressure on himself. But nobody tell Ray Flowers that I'm telling you it will be out Monday. This Monday. That's right. Fantasyguru.com. The 16th of January will be the day that would have been uh, my dad's birthday from back. How old would my dad have been? Uh, did not live to see that. He would have been old. Man, he'd been old. Can't imagine. He died in 1999. Uh, I think he's born. Yeah, does that mean... Yeah, that's crazy. My dad would have been 88 years old. Holy shit, could not imagine that. But nevertheless, so way to bring this show down right off the bat, Jeff. Huh? Um, also, follow me on social media. Sorry, everybody. I promise we'll talk football. We'll be upbeat this episode. It was kind of a subdued episode last time out. Talk about DeMar Hamlin, the good news. Hamlin's out of the hospital completely. He went to Buffalo. He's been in and around his teammates. And it's just great news on that front. So... Never out of the woods. It's always an ongoing battle with health problems. I've learned that over my years on this planet, but uh, we have good news there. So I'm going to be upbeat in this episode, even though I didn't start out that way. Follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans M-A-N-S, on Twitter. The Jeff Mans, all one word, everywhere else. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. Today, we head to the postseason. The regular season is a wrap for NFL, for fantasy football, all that. But still plenty of ways to go, plenty of things to do. I love fantasy football. I love football. So this is such an exciting time for me. And a a little bit um, selfish reasons, I suppose, because I have less games to cover. Let's be honest, the workload goes down, but I'm also a freaking addict oh by the way this is an uncensored podcast that means I'm going to curse swear I'm going to say things you will not agree with I will be politically incorrect I will not be nice and sweet and kind to everybody but it's the spirit in which the podcast is intended we're here to speak truth and give analysis and hopefully that's what you love about this show so if you're sensitive to that stuff if you don't like somebody talking about yeah, uh, religion or politics or something that's going. If you're one of those people that get offended by, oh, you said something about against the Catholic Church or you said something against Democrats. Well, that this isn't for you. I'm. It's just you're. We're a ticking time bomb. I'm going to offend you because you know I just tell it like it is and I mean the best with it. I hope the best for all people, but um, I'm going to curse. So put the kids away if they're sensitive if you don't like the words fuck and shit and boner and prick and everything else then don't uh, listen to this show the same for you this is not the clean cut guy you get on sirius xm all the time so um uh, they're That is what it is. I'm going to go over my playoff predictions, my playoff rankings. I'll talk about on the program, my takeaways from the season. I got a single game parlay to give you guys as well for the wild card round. I'm going to have SGPs for every game throughout the playoffs. Fuck it. Why not? I've been red hot on these things. So, Let's start out strong. There are a couple of games I don't like that much. I'll talk about which ones I don't. You'll get one on this podcast. Subscribers at fantasyguru.com get it all. If you're not, if you don't have our DFS or betting package, just go, just, just email them. You guys know the trick. Just say, hey, man, I was looking to add betting. I don't have it yet. What's the best deal you could throw me? They're going to throw you anything. It's going to be fucking cheap. It's like what, 30, 40 bucks the rest of the season? I mean, you got six, seven weeks to go. That's $4 a week. And if you can't make $4 a week with my bets, then uh, you should tell me to fuck off and don't ever listen to me again. Cause that's what I do. I win you money. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, DFS, betting, all that. So uh, I'm going to go over. I will give out single game parlay for one of the wild card, super wild card weekend games. Going to talk about league formats, things like that. Some folks have requested more personal life stuff, which I love. That's that's awesome. I, I like to talk about those things. I won't do a ton of that in this episode, but it's sort of a personal life stuff. I will spend a lot of time on this episode going over my season. In 2022, the the football part of it. So for me, the football season starts on June 1st. It's when our draft guide launches. It's when we start ramping up and we start drafts, future bets, best ball. We start setting everything up. And then, of course, the 18 weeks, of the regular season, all that good stuff. The, the preseason for DFS and betting, so on and so forth. And, um, you know, this was a really good season. Uh, one of the better seasons I've had, I think, ever. I'll talk about some reasons behind that and I'll go over all of it. I believe in transparency. Uh, you know, if I it's pretty easy if I sit in this chair or on XM or anywhere else or in the the head honcho chair, second head honcho at fantasyguru.com, I suppose. If I just sit sat there and barked down, and if I didn't do these episodes where I had to go out and talk about my wins, my losses. Then I could say whatever the fuck I want, right? I could do anything I want. I could tell you, hey, flipper to jibbit, fuck, that's who to start. Hey, start fucking, uh, fucking, I try to think of a random guy, Marquise Goodwin every week. Ah, who gives a shit? I don't care. and because there's no comeuppance, there's no, you know, there's no care put into it. I believe as an analyst, you gotta go back. And reflect what went right, what went wrong, admit your failures, admit your wrongs, admit you know what happened, and what do we grow? What do we learn from it, right? These are very important exercises that a lot of people don't do. It's a little step that's easy to do, but folks don't want to do it because they don't want to admit they're wrong or they don't want to face changes. They want everything to be as it was. I will tell you, I had probably my well one of my best seasons, maybe ever, in fantasy football. Like when you, you know, factor in the betting side of it, which is relatively new. I've only been posting bets for about four or five years now, and I, it's only been legal in my state for this is the second season. So, like, I'm proud of that. So when you add the betting with the DFS with the seasonal. I'm not somebody who wants to do things that I'm not good at, especially when money is involved and especially when other people's money is involved. I don't mind losing my own money, but if I lose you guys' money, then it's that, that becomes a real freaking problem, right? Needs to be fiscal responsibility. So um that being said, um, let's get into it. Let's dive into what went right and wrong for the year. So I did this on the XM show the other day, I think it was on Tuesday and I'll, I'm going to do it on Thursday too. So you may have heard this already. If not, I went through real quick my projected standings of the year. All right. Uh, I had the Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets in that order in the AFC East. I hit that out of the park. Perfect. Bing, boom. AFC North, Bengals, Ravens, Browns, Steelers. That's how I projected it. I uh, got the first two right, a little bit wrong on the record 10 and seven for both Bengals and Ravens. But nevertheless, i uh steelers were nine and eight they finished ahead of the browns afc south so i was dead on in those two divisions the afc south way off i hit on the titans eight and nine i hit on the texans i had four and 13 they were what they were four and 13 right yeah i think they were i don't have it in front of me whatever you guys could fact check me on that one um I'm looking at my actual recording. I kept my standings right for the season right in front of me I'm at the desk. I do the radio show on all season long, and that's just how it, uh, you know, just to keep it. They were three 13 and one Houston. There we go. Um, but I was wrong. The Colts. I had the Colts as the number one seed in the AFC. Yikes. I had them at 12 and five. They were four, 12 and one. I mean, I missed monumentally on that one. Why did we miss on the Colts? or Why did I miss on the Colts? Well, I thought the division would be shit. It was. Tennessee regressed massively. Texans weren't any good. Jaguars a little bit better. I'll say this. The Jaguars are only three games better than I had them, and it was good to see it. I think a lot of that has to do with the Colts' downfall. The offensive line, that's it. Why did we get the Colts wrong? I was wrong on the offensive line. It's funny because I went back and read – Some of my preseason content. And even I talked about the Colts' offensive line was mediocre down the stretch. I talked about last year with Ryan Kelly, things he went through the starting center with his wife and they lost a child and all this stuff down the stretch of 2021. So I was a little nervous about the offensive line, but I didn't put that into effect. I still, Jonathan Taylor won. That was a miss. I still the Colts went in division being the number one freaking seed. And that's a miss. It is on their offensive line. Did they have injuries? Yeah. Kenny Moore. Injuries. Matt Ryan didn't play as well as I thought he would, but I think he would have, would have if the offensive line was better, as good as it was. Quentin Nelson, you can go f- fuck yourself with your reputation. You got to play better. Nelson's still good, but he's the only plus guy in the entire offense line. The rest is dog shit. So that's a miss there. AFC West, I'm very proud. We had the AFC West on the cover of our draft guide over at fantasyguru.com. So I, I'm damn proud of the way that shaped up. Now it was not nearly as high flying as I thought. I thought Denver would finish third, and I had the I had them as the seventh seed in the playoffs. I had the Chargers winning, Chiefs second, Broncos third, Raiders fourth. So order finish not. It was all over the place, but not overly bad. The Chiefs, though, going from 11 and six, where I had them to the 14 and three, much better. Chargers being a playoff team, though, was solid. And then I had the Broncos not being nearly as bad. What did I miss on with the Broncos? The coaching. And that one's personal. I do coaching. I know these guys. I look at their lineage. I'm like a horse trainer, but or a horse, uh, whatever they call them. Uh, instead of studying horse semen, I'm studying the DNA of well let's face it I'm still studying horse semen but that keep my private life out of your mouth. You worry about what I do in my private time. That's my time. The rest of this I study the lineage of the uh of coaches and I missed I mean Nate Hack it was the worst piece of shit we've ever seen in football history as far as I know. I've never seen a coach not be able to make decisions, not know how to name plays not how to draw plays, not how to implement a playbook or a system. I mean, it's the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen from that standpoint, but I missed it, and that was a problem. Now, I had the Raiders at 7-10. and They finished 6-11. and 11, Weren't much different than what I thought, so not a huge miss in there. And the NFC side, uh, NFC East, I had the Eagles. I had the Giants. Now remember, I had the Giants ten and seven. They finished nine and nine seven and one, so close enough, right? In second place in the division, I also had them as the sixth seed in the NFC playoffs, and they're the sixth seed in the NFC playoffs. So I hit on the Giants. That's a good, proud. I hit on the Dolphins. I hit on the Chargers. I don't think the Chargers was that great. But uh, hit on those teams, hit on the Eagles being very good, hit on the Giants so far. So good. The Cowboys at 8-9, and though, and obviously 12-5. and That's a pretty big miss. How did I – you know, what went right for the Cowboys that I didn't see? Their offensive line played better. Remember, before the season, I made public fun. Like, I was outwardly laughing in the motherfucking face of Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy for drafting Tyler Smith. Who ended up, I'll say this: they ended up starting him at guard in a tackle. So, but he was great or really good. Really good, you know. Um, so that Bedaz in the middle did well. McGovern when Biadaz went down the last couple of weeks, did okay. So the offensive line played better than I thought. The defense was better. I thought they would miss uh Randy Gregory leaving. I thought the secondary would be a sieve and They weren't great, but they Trevon Diggs. People stayed away from him, or quarterbacks did, and the other guys stepped up decently enough. uh, Obviously, for twelve wins, so that's what happened there. The NFC North, I had the Packers at twelve and five, and the Lions at ten and seven, both making the playoffs. The Lions as the seventh seed, and obviously, I was very close. To that, I was one overtime field goal from the Seattle Seahawks away from that happening, but obviously I missed on the Packers. And what happened with the Packers? Well, they finally just, they're all tired of Aaron Rodgers bullshit. Go Google Alan Lazard's week 18 postgame interview. It's hard to find, but it's floating around there. Somebody asked him, well, do you think 12 is going to be back? He goes, I don't give a fuck do i care he literally said it. he goes i'm not going to be back what do i care about him that was his boy man that was his boy and nobody likes aaron Rodgers, and the team just is sick of his bullshit it's time for them to move on but nevertheless the vikings were my biggest miss i hit them at six and eleven and third and they wound up being what they, they went 12 games, right? They lost. Oh no, they, they won 13. I keep saying 12. They won that last week, 18, 13 and four. They're the worst 13 win team in the history of football. They had a minus point differential. How do you get a minus point differential when you win 13 games, and only lose four? How is that fucking possible? That's unbelievable to me. The Lions were plus 26 and they were nine and eight. If you flip every one score game, uh, of the entire season for every schedule, the Minnesota Vikings are actually five and 12 on the season. That's atrocious. But So they, they were a very lucky team, but won a lot of close games. Uh, wrong on them, right on the Bears being three and 14. I had the Bears as the second worst team in football. They end up being the worst team in football. I actually had the Seahawks uh, worse than them. So yeah, I was way off on that one. So NFC, not starting out well, NFC South. I had as a shit show that it turned out to be, but I had the Panthers winning with a ten and seven record. They were seven and ten. They were in second place, only one game away. Everybody in the division with a negative point differential. Everybody in the division under five hundred. I thought the Panthers would do all right. Matt Rule obviously fired. Steve Wilkes if only ruled in play this season Panthers probably would have been 10 and seven saints. I had it nine and eight bucks at eight, and nine Falcons at six and 11 and the uh, we got the Falcons Saints, and bucks. I mean, I wasn't wrong on the bucks record. I hit it eight and nine, but they were the best team. So more wrong on Carolina. What went wrong there? Well, they fired their coach and traded their best player, Christian McCaffrey. So, and what are they? Three quarterbacks deep. They went to they went to PJ Walker. They were starting PJ fucking Walker. The hell? Oh. That was a bad decision. That was just bad. So that was that. And NFC West, I had the Rams, Cardinals, 49ers, and Seahawks. Got that wrong. I think there are a lot of us that got the Rams wrong. Cardinals, four and thirteen. I had them at 10 7 yikes is all I could say. This is my worst division that I had by a mile. I didn't see the 49ers being this good 13 and four best team really in the NFC point differential plus plus one seventy three. 110 one 10 in a row to close the season. You know, just I thought the Rams would be a lot tougher than the Cardinals would be and the Rams shut it down. Sean McVay had no interest. Aaron Donald lost the eye of the tiger. Cooper cup went down the injury. Stafford's worried about, I don't know. Was he going like, on a tour like what what's Matt Stafford's worried about the rest of his life and okay if you've got some life-changing disease or something but what do you worry about you're getting injured concussion like I, I get it there's prolonged but there's that damage is done by playing in the NFL it just seemed like he's a pussy let's just be honest he's a pussy but I, I obviously just terribly wrong on that uh, my fantasy leagues though so some good, some bad, some things to work on in the offseason. I think when it comes to, like, the NFC side, the thing I learned, uh, no more giving any kind of credit because the the Packers and Rams, I was hesitant on both of them. But what did I do? I was a pussy. I didn't – I was either unafraid or unwilling to – put my reservations for those two teams on tape. Why? Because the entire universe coming off a of Bowl and coming off of back to back MVP and 13 win seasons thought they were just roll. I knew the division would be bad, but you know, that those mistakes that happen every year and they need to be corrected. And that's why group think, I think my biggest takeaway from the whole season is group think it's so bad. I'm as different as any analyst probably in the, in the space. Just, you know, I'm willing, I'm open and to any and all possibilities and things. I don't want to agree with everybody. I don't want to disagree with everybody or anybody. I just want to be independent and tell the truth and think the truth and find the right answers. And that's not what happens in sports talk anymore. Most people, just want to fit in. Nobody wants, and I, I hate Skip Bayless. I just do, but I love Stephen A. Smith. I like people that are not afraid to say their mind. But those people get lit up on social media, and there comes a time in your career where, and I reached it, and I'll talk about it later on in the show, where you're just like, "Is it really worth it? Is this really worth is is saying the truth and being honest really worth?" the amount of bullshit you have to take from the American public or the, the sports public in this case, is it really worth it? Because money's in the bank, right? Your, your spot's pretty solid. Nobody's firing you. Nothing. Nobody's really coming for you. You, you pretty much got it. You, know, you made your career. You're sitting in it. Is it really necessary? You think about those things. At least I do, or I did this year. I'm like, do I really... Why bother telling these people the truth if they're not going to accept it and constantly want to fight with you? That was the thing I wrestled with, and I broke through, and I'll tell you the exact moment um, later on. Actually, it's on the show on Thursday. I'll get to it, though. There was a moment. It was bad. I'll just say it now. It was the uh, a moment in in week nine, and it had to do with Daily Fantasy. It's the James Mitchell week, for those that remember FantasyGuru.com subscribers. It's the moment I didn't have the balls to make the move that I knew I should have made. I pushed out because I sim- at that moment, It's the one time this year I can say full on that I knew and I was aware. I was making a move just to not have to deal with it. I didn't want to have to deal with With I was willing to take a zero from a player to make a better lineup and to win the week. But I wasn't willing, and I didn't want to deal with the bullshit on Discord, uh, Facebook, Twitter. I just didn't. And I remember thinking that, and I went in a different direction and it backfired. Mitchell scored. The other guy I used, I think it was Robert Tunyon, was a piece of shit, and um, didn't win. But it, And I went on a meltdown. I said, I'm not fucking doing this article. I, I mean, I threaten not to do the article anymore. I, you guys probably heard on this podcast. It was, it was that moment. It was a tough one. Because I'm just like, you know, I'm just, I don't want to. And it took me several weeks to get over. But I immediately enacted a plan that I'm like, all right, I'm just going to fucking do what I do and fuck the results. Fuck everybody and what they think of it. And ultimately it worked out. And that's the toughest thing when you're in those moments. At least when I'm in those moments, it's the toughest thing because you really don't. I truly didn't feel like you, you, the person in your car or wherever you listen to this podcast, I didn't think you would accept it. I didn't. I thought you d- wouldn't. I really, truly thought you were just going to be an asshole and find a, a reason. You know, for me, making outside the box moves and things. I thought you would just find problems with it, bitch and complain and go to social media, go to discord and try to tear me down and try to tear the work and career down. And I thought that's just what you're going to do. But in those moments, it's hard to see it. I couldn't see it at that time, but what I realized, because I went seven and two in DFS, I don't know how many of our subscribers even realized. I was, we were very mediocre the first half of the year. And normally it start out very strong. Normally it's a strong start. Then we give back once the optimizers and the people start getting in, being able to use sample size and things like that. And then we usually do close out strong. We closed out on a fucking tear. We had one week where we were, we lost by more than three points from the pay line in DFS and cash games. The rest of the way. And we want a shit ton of GPP in that stretch. Nine weeks of the season. And it happened smack dab in the middle of the season, ironically enough, where I, that meltdown happened. Um, so, and that's where I decided to fuck it, I'm just doing this. And then you guys all accepted. You guys are great. You know, well, not every single one of you, but the majority of you guys get it. You know, and I have to remind myself what you want to do is win. What you want to do is have good information. It's ultimately what you do want. And the, the problem is you're not willing to accept outside the box thinking right now, because everybody just sits around waiting to be offended, waiting to be call somebody out, waiting to cancel people. And I know there's a good percentage of you right now. that's just waiting, waiting for me to say something that you could get offended at instead of being an adult and saying, Hey, yeah, I just disagree with that guy. You know, I was, I heard the other day. Um, I was a big Adam Carolla fan, like huge Adam Carolla fan. I really loved Adam Carolla and loved him on, liked him on Loveline and The Man Show and his, uh, KTLA radio show, morning radio show. And when he started podcasting, I was all fucking in. You know, I was doing podcasts at the time. He hit it big with it. I loved it and everything else. And, um, I went to, I, I stopped listening years ago. Be, not, or because I just wasn't listening to podcasts anymore. I didn't have time. The other day, I was doing my own broadcasting. I had all that stuff. I still tried to. T- I still have the Adam Carolla app, like on my, on my uh, phone or whatever. And then, like recently, Adam Carolla went like crazy fucking political, crazy political. And you know, I and again, I don't care right wing, left, wing. I don't care. I, I don't, I don't have anything. Because as I've told you a million times, I know the truth in the middle. I know the extremes on both sides are fucking ignoramuses. I know it. I know that not one side is always right. It's just not possible. It's math. But Rolla doing that was like, wow, man, disheartening to see. And so I'm like, oh you know, I thought to myself before I'm like, Wow, oh, he's disowning everybody that he used to work with and he's firing the news girl and he's doing this. It's like, I'm hearing all this shit and I don't listen hardly at all anymore. And not because of anything, just because of time. And I'm like, well, I, should I not like him? Should I not? And I'm like, no, of course I should like, him. I do like him. That's my choice. I'm willing to say, I disagree with some of the stuff he says or his stances on certain things or whatever. Maybe and I don't give a fuck. I'm not going. It's easy to cancel him. It's easy to like say I'm not I'm done with him. And I don't want to be easy. I want thought provoking stuff. I want to hear the other side. I don't want it shoved down my throat all the fucking time, which is something I my understanding is he did that for a long period of time. Supposedly it's better now. So that's good. But you know what I'm saying? Like we can disagree. That's why I say it at the end of every show, we should disagree. You should, if you love this show and you you love me and you like my work, for one, I appreciate that. But also, you don't, you and I shouldn't agree all the time. Me and Ted fight all the fucking time. My wife and I argue. You know what I mean? That's the whole point of anything. Because if any relationship is so one sided, where every single thing that person says you agree with, something's wrong. There's a problem. That's a big problem. Because then those people could take advantage and uh, can. No, they will take advantage, right? They will take advantage. And that's the thing. So anyway, I learned that. That's one of my takeaways from the year. Um, Fantasy League. So I was in 20 leagues this year, three of which were total points or best ball, whatever format. It's a points thing. One of them was an eliminator uh, competition. I was eliminated week six. Of that one. Okay. Um, so my results, I kind of checked in periodically through the year on these. And at the end of the regular season, like after week 14, I was 161 and 85, 65.4% winning percentage. Great season. And let's be honest. That was a fucking great season. And I was not under 500 in any league this year, record-wise. Right? Right. And after that week, I was in ninth in, a, in a total points, fifth in total points, second in total points. Well, I won the one I was in second, industry league, uh, best ball, best ball league. I won that one total points. I finished in sixth, and I finished in sixth, two sixth in best balls um, for, the, for the other three. So that leaves, and then the eliminator was just done after week six. So 16 leagues. That I was in, I made the playoffs in all but one of those. Uh, Two of those, I'm sorry. Uh, Seven and six did not get me in the playoffs. That's some bullshit right there. Um, Seven and six in one league gets me in the playoffs. The other league, it doesn't, but it is what it is. So I didn't get it. So that leaves 14 leagues for me on the season. Um, I won a lot. I won a lot. I both lost and one I won championship because of the Demar Hamlin game not being played. I lost one because of that. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. If you count the best ball, eight, seven out of those, then fourteen. So I won fifty percent of my leagues this year. Eight out of sixteen, if you want to call it that, or seven out of fourteen, whatever. I am the champion in my home league. I won. It's the first time in about three probably longer than that that i've actually won that league um i will credit my son for being in the league with that i will fully admit that this job and copious amounts of fantasy leagues has diverted my attention and it wasn't front of mind for me it wasn't The thing, you know, and I love my home league. I don't want to poo-poo it and shit around because I love these guys. We've been 25 years and strong and stuff. I do love the fact that everybody in it now, Ray Flowers, Ted, Phil, and Armando Marsal, and, you know, then Ted's family, my family, my nephew, now my son, you know, even Adam and Eric who are great dudes. Uh, It's just a great – it's a fun league again. Like there for a while, it was kind of like, you know, you go through peaks and valleys, but with my son being in it, he was focused on beating me and he constantly would update me. So it's one of those things that took a lot more time and effort into it. And what do you know? 17 and one, it's the best record tied the best, or I had the best record ever in that league. There was another one that didn't win week 18. Cause we play all the way through and most total points, all that. So that I'm pretty proud of that one. That's a hell of an effort. Uh, I won the Mike Wars Fantasy Football Championship. Uh cl- that one closed up a couple of weeks ago. The Pod the Pell League, Podcast Expert League, and back to back champion in that one. Um bunch of industry people in that as well. So um, you know, that's was an exciting league to take down, both of those ones against fellow podcasters and Experts around the fantasy football industry. Uh, Speaking of which, the Kings Classic, I had opportunity. I took that league down. That one, you know, what stuck out to me. Oh, I should say that the Pell League is a. um, Oh, that one was no. Which one? Yeah, that was an auction league. And it was a all flex league. That's one with all flex options, which I love. I love that you could build your team all different ways. You have to start one running back, one wide receiver, and then everybody else is a flex, no tight end spot, all that. So, that, I love that. Kings Classic, uh, Matt Donnelly uh, beating the championship game, but great dude, tremendous competitor. I, what I loved about that one was that he and I, neither one of us were, what I love, all, all my league. Now, the Mike Wars in the Pell League was like, I was 10 and four going into the regular season. So those are pretty good. Pretty decent. But every other league, well, IMFMI and I was the home league, I was pretty good at too. Every other one though, King's Classic I was 9 and 5. I was the 6th seed, I think, or 5th or 6th. Oh, I think I was the last seed in this one. And Matt Donnelly, the guy that I played in championship, he has the same record, 9 and 5, and we were the last two ones in, but we were the ones in the championship game at the end, and um, so yeah, yeah, I was the now was the fourth seed, and Don Lee was the third seed. All right, so we were, I was lying; I wasn't that bad, but you know, real close. And there, end up winning that thanks to Mike Evans on that one, and uh, that was an auction league, okay, an auction league in which I lost my two best players, and Javante Williams, or highest price players, Cooper Cup and Javante Williams. Okay. Um, SiriusXM host league was able to pull that one off. I don't think I've ever beaten Colton the Wolfman before. And I think that they had a pretty good argument on that one. Uh, that they had, I think, Tom or Joe Burrow the final game, and I was up by like 20, but they had Burrow. So they're that one I got lucky. And that's another one I was eight and six. Not a great team, not a great team, just solid at the end. Nothing, nothing tremendous, nothing but guys like Patrick Mahomes who carries you through, and he's the he's the guy I had in the Kings Classic, Mike Wars. I mean, these were, that was my guy, led me all the way. So uh, another XM host league title, like that's my fourth in the 11 years that we've done it or that I've been invited to him at least. I'm pretty happy and excited about that. Pretty proud of that one. Um, listeners league. Oh, now that one I'm real proud of. Another league that I'm not a great team. Sir, or it's the Elite Sports Listener League. And definitely not the best team. Was was nine and five. Went on a run at the end. I think it was five and five. Won the last four to get in to the playoffs, and then was hot in the playoffs. And you notice the pattern I'm talking about? The pattern I'm talking about is be hot at the end. You win the championship. The last is the end. Everybody else, and I don't want to, I don't, I've been this guy. I don't want to ever be this guy again. Don't be the guy that says, I have the best team. I have the best team. You're the best team in week eight, bro. Week 13, you're the best team. Best team in week 17 or 18. That, that's wins. That's all that matters. You got to get to the other places. Yes, you have to have a good team to get to the playoffs. But it doesn't matter if you're eleven and two, or let's say eleven and three, or if you're nine and five. It doesn't matter. Or if you're eight and six, or seven and six. It doesn't matter. So as uh, another one, my, uh, I won my son's uh, friends league. <laughs> I don't know why they invited me to that one, but he, you know, that's one of those spots that I was like, oh shit, if I don't win this, I'm going to look like a big asshole. So I was happy with that. Uh, Took that one down, made the playoffs in the FFPC, two of them, two FFPC leagues, two playoff appearances, uh, fantastic finishes, uh, 11 and three and 12 and two in those. So hall of fantasy, fucking shit. If Lazard got me that 11, I would have won. But again, ifs and buts, uh took third, did win the consolation. So it took third in that one. Um it's our industry. Here's the thing. Here's the pride and just um the worst league I did. Uh Sirius XM Dynasty League. My team kind of is dog shit in that one. I finished seven and six. It did not make the playoffs in that one. So that was that. The NFFC League, seven and six as well. Did not make the postseason either. So those two leagues, I guess, were my worst. Here's the deal. Two quarterback league. That was my home league. First year, two quarterback won it. Back, uh, Kings Classic auction league. Won it. Total Flex League Podcast League. Pell League. Won it. Sirius XM Host League. Um that was a regular snake draft. Half point PPR, by the way. Um, the others were p- full point. This was half point. Won it, right? Won the listener league with all, we had a bunch of flexes in that one too, and, and a bunch of flex options. Didn't even have a good quarterback. My starting quarterback final week was Daniel Jones. All season was Daniel Jones, right? Not a good draft at all, but won it. I think the host league was was this a, this was a super flex, yeah, it was a super flex, and I did have Mahomes in the. Uh, Serious XM League, but my second quarterback the final week was Carson Wentz. Yikes! Could have started Desmond Ritter, but I actually made the right choice, and they both sucked ass. But again, that I, mean, I lost Deandre Hopkins in that league. I had a bunch of losses in that. So what I'm saying is the different formats, different styles. Like I know the Listener League, I fucked up as the commissioner, and I hated that it wasn't first-come, 1st serve waiver. It was a waiver. You couldn't grab anybody at any time. That was a brutal thing for me because I'm the overnight guy. I like the first-come, 1st serve waiver type formats. Uh, The best ball, I mean, just draft and go. Fantastic. The auction type of draft, half-point PBR, the the different styles and winning championships in multiple styles is what I'm most proud of of, uh, this season. Also, uh, DFS, I mentioned it before. You know, we did, we did well, right? 12 and six cash game wins. That's not the best ever, but man, we were sitting mediocre through over half the season. And I'm really happy uh, with that one of the six weeks. We lost, here's something that this is new for the year. And this is for those at FantasyGuru.com subscribers and DFS. This is what we're taking away. This is the big one. And I don't know if I'd never made the connection before or it wasn't this easy before. I don't exactly know what happened. But I do know that um, I know that of the six weeks we lost, we won four, four times in GPPs, right? Four out of the six times we lost in cash, we won in GPP that week. That means two weeks only out of 18 where we weren't either making money right at like or close to it, where we didn't lose our ass, let's say. Two out of eight fucking teen. That's incredible. Only one seven of 18 cashes in GPP overall. So, I mean, three we won, including week 18, which was just we smashed everything thank you Isaiah likely thank you optimizers who suck and don't know anything about fucking football go ahead beat who Baba beat your assholes go ahead fucking pieces of shit but anyway uh, 718 that's a good rear of GPP by the way 718 is really good the best I think I personally done although 2015 I was red hot so I don't maybe but I, I really that's that's it. And I learned this, and this is where the last few weeks of the season, including week 18, where I post the GPP core for. And all I did, you wonder how we do it, I just figured it out. Work your ass off, grind on cash games, find out the best group of players to be invested in that week, get the best four players to build around. And then if they were to wet the bed, it's like a hedge. Use those in GPP. That's it. That's the fucking secret. That's the Holy Grail. So, yeah, we're going to be taking that into 2023 big time. I'm excited about that. Uh, Betting uh, overall record as we stand right now, 164 wins, 144 losses. That's a 53.2% winning percentage. That's plus 26.05 units. That's a bad winning percentage. I don't like that. But No buts. No. Cuz when I say but it means I'm qualifying something. I'm not qualifying. I want to let that sit. I'm pausing for effect here. Right? So no Sean Angle producer I don't I'm not going away from the mic or I'm not being quiet. I'm I'm pausing for dramatic effect. <laughs> the um 53.2 so over 500 solid. But I'm happy about 26 units up is big. That's a lot for a season. But here's the thing, and this is what I was going to. I learned, I figured out the betting angle, what I was good at. I don't know why it took me a while. It was after week seven. So from week eight on, my record was 113 and 72, which is a 61.1% winning percentage. Much better than i had been previously all right so and the unit numbers it's what what happened is i realized what i'm good at is game scripting and game analyzing and that's the single game parlays the sgp mr plus 130 that's what i am that's what i should be doing and in perpetuity that is what i'm going to be doing props are hit or miss we take our chances take our early in the season props great or late in the season sucked just in general including mine, but so now everything you do, if you struggled this year in seasonal fantasy in DFS or in betting, please don't take what I'm saying to you right now. I don't mean to be gloating or bragging. This is a show I've done to go back over every season. I've always did this show. Even my, I sucked ass. I had some down seasons, especially on seasonal. Okay, This is not meant for that. It's not about, oh, Jeff's just bragging about shit. No. You need to grow from it. What do you learn? If you don't take something away, if you don't learn, if you don't learn from a mistake or from a loss, then it wasn't worth doing. And you'll likely repeat it again and again. If you just think, it's just a problem I have with parents. Parents always, we raise our kids to think they're so fucking special that they can't do any wrong. And then they go out into the world and they think, well, huh, I don't know why this police officer has a problem with me urinating in a playground. I, everything I do and all my decisions are always right, according to mommy and daddy. So what's the problem? And as much as we don't want to admit it, some of that is us. Some of, There's us, you, one of you out there, one, a lot of you out there, your parents screwed you over because they're too kind and nice. And that's great. They're good people. But it, you got raised to thinking that you're just inherently good. What if, for a moment, you were capable of making mistakes and every thought and feeling you had wasn't right? What? Oh, that blows your fucking mind. Yeah. You go through it. You get smacked on the pepe. And you, you learn something. I learned it. And I, mind you, my betting has been fucking good. I've been a good and profitable NFL better for five years running before this. Right? Documented, on the airwaves, on the websites, everything. I'm trying to dig up my numbers now. I I, I have it here somewhere, but I'm not going to go dig through papers while recording. You know, it's, I think that I learned something and we pivoted. I learned something on DFS. And pivot. I got through some struggles, went through slumps, and we got through it. And now, by way of getting through that, now we know where we went wrong and what we do right. And now we could just use the right and keep going. It's the exact same thing that I figured out in DFS years ago. I won $350,000 in like a six-month period in DFS. Two live final victories. Went back to next year. I took third in another live final. I was fucking rolling. It's the height of DFS, man. I was the fucking king for a while. And I realized I'm never going to keep up this pace. The people that I were competing against and GPPs and tournaments, these guys were willing to finance hundreds and thousands of dollars in order for their play. I was never going to do that. I was never comfortable with it because I'm a bottom line guy. I'll take my double up and please and thank you. And so I made a change. That change likely saved my career. It probably saved my marriage (laughs) because uh, I would have fucking been chasing forever. And my wife never would have understood why I was throwing hundreds of thousands of dollars to try to win some bullshit things that I already won. They would never see that. And rightfully so. So it changed my life. And that's what I hope to pass on to all of you guys is that find your way, find your comfort level, and let's hammer it. And when you're wrong, say you're wrong, but see why. And figure out the way to get down the right path. We did it. And we did it in all three forms of fantasy. I'm very, very proud of that. All right? So there you go. All right, I am uh, talking a lot about the past. Let's look at the future. NFL playoff time is Here. You guys, if you're downloading the show on a late Wednesday night or early Thursday before the Elite Sports Show on SiriusXM, you're going to get a uh, glimpse of where I stand with my playoff rankings. First thing to do, playoff fantasy football, a lot of different ways to play. My favorite is the one and done. Now, what's a one and done? You can set a lineup however much you want. I think for the Listener League, I do nine players, one quarterback, I do kicker and defense because it's the postseason. Fuck it. Two running backs. And then I go two wide receivers, two flexes. Quarterback, running back, two running backs, two wide receivers, let's say, a tight end, kicker, defense, and flex. That's it. That's what we do. So, and then you could use any player you want one time. And then they're done. They're taken away. The key the trick is here is that every time when a team is eliminated, those guys are gone forever. So let's say this weekend you use ja- uh you use the Jacksonville, you use Trevor Lawrence or something, all right? And they do well and they beat the Chargers. You can't use Justin Herbert, you're gone. Or Eckler or anybody you didn't use, they're gone. And the same way with Lawrence and all that, they're gone. So what it does is shrink the player pool. So you got to kind of project forward and still have enough players to set a decent enough lineup to accumulate points. It's a real fun and strategic way of playing. There's the FFPC way of playing, uh, promo code ELITE, by the way. Sign up there, get $25 off of myffpc.com slash ELITE. Um, In that one, you draft 12 players. There's four you have to have one player on every team. You can't have more than one. So you could take Mahomes or Kelsey, cannot have both. So you got to decide which one player from each team you could leave out any two teams. All right. And that total points wins out. In FFPC, it's point and a half per reception for tight ends, too. So a guy like Kelsey makes a lot of sense, obviously, but comes at a cost because you can't have Mahomes, Pacheco, McKinnon, any of these guys. So I like that format a great deal. There's the regular just draft. You know, get eight to 12 of your buddies and put together a league just like normal and players get points. It's total points out there. I like that kind of format uh, as well. So, and no matter what format you do or how you're going to play it, I think it's important and it's the first step to print out or go through a bracket, NFL playoff bracket, and figure out, who plays who and where and all the projected matchups. That way you have an idea who's going to play the most games, who's going to, and that's the easy part. I think we all understand that point. The the concept that folks that dominate playoff leagues, and I'm one of those, I'm very good in playoffs is okay. What about the, the players that only play one game takes, you got, you're going to have to use some of those, but who's going to have the best matchups. And in the first round, Super Bowl card round, we know what the matchups are. But then you have to, that's why projecting it forward matter. For instance, I have the Chargers beating the Jaguars. I think the Chargers with a healthy Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack is a different type of defense. And I do think that Jacksonville's is young and raw and kind of happy to be there. Not that the Chargers aren't, but I think they get the W. And they're a five seed. And the 3-6 seed, I got the Bengals beating the Baltimore Ravens without Lamar Jackson, even with Lamar. I don't think they could – they don't have the firepower of Cincinnati. So I think Cincinnati gets the victory there. I think Buffalo disperses of Skylar Thompson and the their Dolphins. So for my second round the AFC, the five-seed Chargers will play the one seed. All right? Because if you had – let's say you had the Jaguars winning – And you had the Ravens winning. Well, then the Ravens would play Kansas City. The Jaguars would play the Bills. So it changes. The matchups change. So in my situation, Chargers and Chiefs, Bengals and Bills in the second round. Okay. I got the Chiefs beating the Chargers. That's pretty easy. At Arrowhead. Chargers Chargers won't go down without a fight, though. They really won't. Um, So I, I like that one. I think the, the scores will be high. I think that game is one. If you look at my rankings at fantasyguru.com, you see like Isaiah Pacheco ranked pretty high because I think the Chiefs will run right down the Chargers' throat ultimately. Bengals and Bills is very likely the AFC championship game. That's just a good game. And it's the one where you got the whole DeMar Hamlin situation, everything. like oh, There's so much going into this game. These teams have prepared for each other for a week, didn't get to play a whole game. I had the Bills winning it. I just think it's their time. Joe Burrow scares the daylights out of me. Betting against Burrow is one of the scariest things to do anymore. He's that motherfucker. He's the guy who's going to fuck your girlfriend. He is that guy. You don't let him around your old lady. Joe Burrow, fuck your old lady. Boom. That's what happens. Don't get him in the same room. Bills win. Bills go on play the Chiefs, the Bills win. Bills go to Super Bowl 57. NFC side of it, I got the uh I have the Cowboys beating the Bucks. Now let me tell you why I did that. I think every human being, and I say every human being, 80% of people, it's it's documented. The bets are coming in. 80% of people are on the Buccaneers. Right? So this is one of those things. This when I talk about groupthink, it works both ways. Every single one of us like, oh, we're going to stand out. We're going to predict an upset. Every person's predicting the same upset, though. So your upset is actually the chalk. Other than Cowboy fans, which do bet on them a lot, so the betting numbers are much closer than normal than they should be. Otherwise, Tampa Bay would be the overwhelming favorite here. If not for the Cowboys fan, fandom, Buccaneers would be two and a half, not three point favorites in this game. But, you know, that group that always bets on the Cowboys is betting hard, so fine. But the money's coming in on Tampa. People are in Tampa. But the fact is Tampa's a shitty team. And so I have a chance there in my playoff leagues to be contrarian with a team that won 12 games versus a team that was under 500. Right? I mean, that just, to me, that's... If you want to know the secret of my success in these, in leagues and drafts and in DFS, that's it. I don't make wild swings. My, my crazy calls aren't right a lot of times. But sometimes it's hiding in plain sight. When everybody else is predicting this, but this is really the, – the bottom line is Dallas is a better team. Do they have the heart? Do they have the soul? Do they have the coaching? All that, no. But they are a better team. And if you get <laughs> – a one in five shot. If you get, a, if you're on the twenty percent, if you're contrarian with a better team, that's a good place to be. So I have the Cowboys winning that. I do have the Giants upsetting Minnesota. It's not that big of an upset. It really shouldn't be. Um, these pl- teams played each other to the bone in Minnesota a few weeks ago. Giants hung in there, and ultimately, I think that Minnesota doesn't believe in itself because they know they're fraudulent in their record. They were terrible down the stretch. Uh, Giants get the victory. So Giants play Philadelphia in round two. Cowboys will travel to Santa Clara to take on the 49ers. The Eagles will beat the Giants, though I am worried about that. I, if you're looking for that sneaky team, it could be the Giants here. Giants don't do anything great. They do run the football. And Philly, Jalen Hurts looked terrible after sitting out two weeks. He needs to be better. By the time they take the field again, division round, he'll be 100%. A shoulder is not an issue. It's going to be the rust factor. And that's why he was bad in week 18. So there is that side. I do think they can get by with it. Uh, the 49ers will beat the Cowboys. That's where that run will go. So we're going to get the Eagles, Cow, or Eagles 49ers in the championship game. We all knew that in week six. I had the 49ers beating the Eagles, even with Brock Purdy. There's something about, the 49ers' resiliency this year and all that, that I think ultimately when push comes to shove, they're not going to back down the way the Eagles likely will. Eagles haven't really been challenged. They were so good, so good all year. And only now Jalen Hurts going down and getting rusty. You know, it, this could be a different world if Jalen Hurts comes out and balls against the Giants in round two. But for now, it's the Bills 49ers and the Bills are the champions. I strongly just see it. DeMar Hamlin on stage holding the Lombardi trophy. Like I see it. He didn't play in the game. He's just there, right? In Arizona. It just all the sense in the world to me that that is what ends up happening with Buffalo. This was the prediction at the beginning of the season. I will stand by it. They've been through a lot, too. They've got problems. Bills could be eliminated in the second round easily. Where they go all the way. The AFC is a tough one, but that's the that's the way that I have it playing out. And thus my rankings are posted over at fantasyguru.com. And that's why I have some of those guys. I like players like Pacheco. So when it comes down to that, just because the team is playing a little bit more doesn't necessarily mean those players are going to play or score more fantasy points. Right? That's not how this goes. I like Pacheco versus the Chargers and Bills more than I like Devin Singletary against the Dolphins, Bengals, Chiefs, and 49ers. Two games versus four, and I had Pacheco higher, right? And a little bit of an edge. With the Chiefs, for me, the the dangerous teams are the Chiefs. Duh. Bengals, duh. I don't think anybody, I don't think there's any danger in the NFC. I just don't. Maybe the Giants, but they could, they're expected to be eliminated this round. It's the Eagles and 49ers. So you can hedge a little bit by using a, a person. So like Pacheco's my guy in Kansas City. Whereas if they make a run, this guy's going to play a huge role because of it. Say, like the Giants, if you expect the Giants, maybe the Giants are your surprise team. Well, then Saquon Barkley, (laughs) Richie James should be right on your Darius Slayton. Those should be on every playoff team you do. All right. And then that's why I love the one and dones, too, because you kind of have to pick your spot and save the guys for later. It's, It's tough to do that. It's tough to like that second round to pass on you know, like a uh, like a Pacheco against the Chargers or even Patrick Mahomes, let's say, against the Chargers. Whereas you think, well, they're going to get the win. They're going to play next week. At least I have them next week. Whereas Josh Allen playing the Bengals, according to my bracket, well, probably better to use Allen that week because it could be a shootout. If the Bengals win, Allen will still produce big points. And I still have Mahomes to use the following week, even if Allen, you know, doesn't make it so you see what i'm saying that gamesmanship is very important um in that spirit everybody let's get to the single game parlay of the week i have i'm gonna do one for every single game so six sgps for the super wild card round FantasyGuru.com. my number one is the one i'm giving you out on the show today and that's the 49ers seahawks game it's obvious it should be obvious it should be the one we're all gravitating towards the first game of the playoff round the wild card round super wild card round and so the spread on this game as it sits right here nine and a half for the 49ers 42 and a half over under Mm, okay i will go six and a half with the 49ers i am a tiny bit a little bit nervous about the six and a half. They should win by a touchdown or more like to get the five and a half. Believe it or not. Just the way my projections roll out, you know, the 49ers won by eight and then they won by 20 against the uh, Seahawks. But the eight point, remember that was a Brock Purdy game back in Thursday night football, the big George Kittle game when we cleaned up on Thursday night football with him. So that one, a little worrisome. That was in Seattle though. Okay, um, but if you go to minus five and a half, you're going to get less odds, which you can, but I'm going to go minus six and a half for the 49ers, and this is the great part. Over 38 and a half is all I have to go. That's it, and that's a plus 125 bet on DK Sportsbook right now. Now, the first time these two met in week two, they didn't go over this number. They did... The following week. Oh, no, they didn't go over. I'm sorry. They did not go over this the second time they met. But I do think they can go over 38 and a half this time. I think this does get to 40. I strongly believe 49ers will put up points against Seattle's defense. And Seattle coming back. Again, third time seeing San Francisco. They're good for 14 plus. So that's over 38 and a half that I like. And the margin minus six and a half, plus one twenty five. Um, yeah, so that that's the one I'm most sure about, and I like the most. I think that you look at what Brock has done against a played Seattle. He's got that familiarity to him. He Seattle cannot guard the middle of the field. That's where Purdy loves to throw the ball. Seattle stinks against the run, and. That's where Christian McCaffrey is going to just absolutely feast uh, against that third most rushing yards against the f- sixth most yards per attempt on the ground this season. Seahawks have given up. I think the 49ers offensive line will dominate in this one. So, but the third time seeing the um, 49ers, Seahawks will be able to score a little bit. And, you know, uh, that's why the over on that one. I didn't like the odds going under to go under I would need 46 and a half and that just plunges us all the way down to almost or below even money and I'm just not going to do that okay so uh I don't think it like hits 50 in this game but if it if there's any threat by the way to the 49ers minus six and a half that's because Seattle scoring I, we all have no see, do you see how I weigh that I explained myself before on the sgps but um, if there's a threat to it on if there's a threat to one side of your bet on the single game parlay, you want it to benefit the other side. You see what I'm saying? And that's why this is the one to make for plus one twenty five. So there you go. Um, upset of the week, I guess I'll you know I'll go with the Giants over the Vikings. It's too mainstream to say Bucks over Cowboys. Maybe I should just say Cowboys as an upset. Just to uh, be a little bit different. So there you go. If you want in our listener league, you have to tell us why at Jeff underscore Mans, at Ted Schuster, at Patio Joe Ref. Those are the guys. It's Ted Schuster and Patio Joe, our guy, Joe Baldino, that is, they're commissioning this league. I'm setting it up and getting the word out for them, but um, you're going to have to really suck up to them in order to get in, but uh, happy to get some one man's opinion listeners up in that fold and, uh, and, and into the contest. It's always fun to play against you guys as well. I will be hanging out in the man's cave over at fantasyguru.com. That is our discord room. It's been a tremendous season hanging out with you guys. I'm glad we set up the man's cave. I'm glad we can interact. It We had some bumps in the road mid season, but I think the winning has played out. The tempers have all settled down. I think the pressures of the holidays, everything has soothed everybody. It's been a great vibe in there the last few weeks. We'll keep it going throughout the playoffs. And speaking of playoffs, not just single-game parlays. We aren't stopping there. Not just bets, sides, and totals. uh Uh-uh. Live in-game betting. I will be hanging out. I'll tell you at least one game per weekend. Probably. It'll be multiple games. But for one game, I'll sit there the whole time. We'll bet it. We'll talk about it. We'll make money on it, and uh, we'll be rolling, everybody. So it'll be a fun time. Don't be a stranger over at FantasyGuru.com. Remember to follow me at Jeff underscore Mance on Twitter, the Jeff Mance everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. That's going to do it for episode 145. We are on to the postseason, everybody. Hopefully this season found you well, happy, healthy, profitable, as well if not we get still got time got about six weeks to go to get those profits where we want them to be everybody you may disagree with some or maybe every damn thing that you heard on today's episode is perfectly all right why because we're all adults and it was just one man's opinion we'll see you next time everybody